With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads. This is episode 92. My name is Connor Lamans, and I'm here with my co-host, Justin Golba, as we've got a whole lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, Buckeyes are in action. They played a ranked team on, uh, what day was it, Friday? They played A&M on Friday. That did not go their way. They've got Merrimack coming up this week. The Gavit games are starting. We've got a huge St. John's update today. All kinds of stuff going on, Justin. And I have a, I have a reason to believe that what you're about to say next is going to have nothing to do with any of that. Is that correct? Connor, I'm sad. <laughs> um, anybody that knows me, anybody's listened to this podcast even once, because I do this every time knows I live and die by college basketball. Truly not so much wins and losses, Connor. Because my two favorite teams are Ohio State and Kent State. If I lived and died by wins and losses, I'd be dead. But more so, good basketball. Smart basketball. Fun basketball. And the Kent State Golden Flashes did not provide smart, fun, or good basketball against James Madison last Thursday. If you follow college basketball, you know what happened. They went to double overtime, lost to James Madison. Connor, do you know in regulation, what the score was with three seconds left in the game. I do. Um, <laughs> they were up by, I believe they were up by, what, five points with three seconds left? Is that correct? Five is correct, Connor. Five is correct. They let a full court pass happen, and this kid, who I do not know, hit a three. And then they committed a foul underneath the basket and then let a wide-open layup happen, and they went to overtime. In overtime, they were down by five with 10 seconds left, and they tied the game, and then they lost in double overtime. It's truly one of the most insane games I've ever seen. Just in terms Game of the of, year. Game of the year, probably going to stay that way. Maybe not. Uh, probably not. Um, but it was tough to watch. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. As a cash, as a as a fan of college basketball, it would have been great if one of the teams wasn't Kent State. It was a home game that made it worse, much worse. Um, yeah, Connor, I don't I, like. Okay, you could you know we talk about X's and O's on here sometimes. If you are up by two, 
with one second left in the game and you're underneath your own basket inbounding the ball. What do you do? What do you make sure you don't do? Put it that way. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even uh, I would barely touch anybody. I would I just would. get a body in front of somebody and not even maybe not even touch them. Make them take the shot. I wouldn't even, Connor. Well, I'm talking about for Kent State when they had the ball inbounding it because uh, they committed a foul. Connor, they can throw the ball the length of the court out of bounds. And oh, I thought you were. I thought you were yeah. talking about how you oh, defend the. Le- oh, okay. No, I'm talking about on offense when they committed the foul. Oh, yeah. They you can just hoist the ball. the ball up. You can hoist the ball up 30 feet in the air. Eventually, it's going to come down, and somebody's got to touch it. And then the amen Connor. clock starts. Amen, Connor. Rob Senderoff is a fantastic coach. This is not an indictment on coaching. This is an indictment on players not executing. Um, but that was tough to watch. That was, and not to mention. Uh, if you did not watch the game, the layup to win the game or to tie the game to go to overtime, there wasn't anybody in his area code. <laughs> uh, those guys, if he was shooting that ball at Kent State, the defenders were in Akron. Okay. Anybody that's familiar with Northeast Ohio will think that joke is funny. Anybody that isn't will not. Um, that's all I got. Uh, I don't really want to get into it too much because it is painful. Kent State beating James Madison the same week James Madison beat Michigan State would have been hilariously awesome uh Kent State also just beat Fresno State so like I think Kent State's actually a pretty good team right now and that's the t- that's a tough one that's a tough one that's a tough one that's a tough one yeah that was probably game of the year I think that might stick as game of the year for quite some time I think um, the game of the year Kent State one personally did you say they they played Fresno State after that and won yeah they played Fresno State Saturday night so I don't know what that was a hell of a turnaround but uh yeah they beat them by 10 I don't know if Fresno State. Yeah, I saw, I'll be honest, but I saw, no, I saw. An, I'm pretty sure I saw an article that said that like that like Boise State, Fresno State, and I want to say no, not Fresno State. Never mind. Get rid of that. It's Nevada, Boise State, and San Diego State are three Mountain West teams that like could yeah, yeah those three get at, those at large bids. Not Fresno State. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we can run with that narrative too. I'm fully okay with twisting narratives to my advantage. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Um. I'm sorry that happened to you, but that is not the marquee basketball program in Ohio. Ohio State is the marquee program in Ohio. You're right. Our podcast um, un- about Dayton is starting. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the marquee program in Ohio lost as well. So that's it's a tough time to be a fan of the marquee basketball program in the state of Ohio. The Northwestern. Um, Northwestern. Dayton what? Northwestern. That's the joke I was making. <laughs> uh, Connor, yeah, I had right now. I had. I had money. I had money on Dayton. I thought they would win that game too. Um, I actually kind of did too. I didn't have money on them, but I did think they'd win. The anyway, fighting okay. boo All right. Okay. Anyway. All right. Ohio State. All right. Ohio State played Texas A&M on Friday night. Um, I wish I could say in front of a sold out crowd. It was not a sold out crowd. It was nowhere near. It was nowhere near a sold out crowd. I cannot tell you how immensely disappointed I am. <laughs> In the in Ohio State's band, that they did not show up to watch them play a top fifteen team in the non conference, a home and home like you don't you don't get home and homes in college basketball anymore. Uh, yeah, like, oh boy, this I is like so much. I want. I mean, say. I'm I wouldn't take. I'm not going to take too much time to like. I'm not going to get mad at Ohio State fans and be like, you guys are goddamn shake. Not like that, <laughs> but like you you don't get home and homes in college hoops anymore. Like coaches are too much of cowards to play at other people's arenas. Like that is why you see so many contracts where you get like, and I'm just pulling schools out of the blue. Like you'll get like a Purdue versus a Gonzaga and they'll play like in Chicago because Purdue does not want to play at the kennel and Gonzaga does not want to play at Mackey. Like neither, they don't want to do a home and home. Even if it's like, Hey, we'll play at your place. We'll come. Then you'll come back to us. Like they don't want to do that. So to get Ohio State to agree to a home and home with AM, for AM to say yes, we'll come play in Columbus, and then Ohio State to go play at College Station, like you just don't see that. It was a very unique opportunity for fans to see a, a team in person that they may never see in person again. A top twenty team, a really good team, and I mean they had like twelve thousand people in the stands, which is like, you know, that's about how many they'll get probably against like Northwestern on like a Friday night in like February. 
So, I mean, it wasn't like a pitiful crowd for a typical game, but for the type of game it was, I expected that there would be so many more people there. But also, shout out to the Buckeye Nuthouse. Yeah, um, awesome. the student the the students packed it in. Um, the the students filled it up. All of their you know student the student section was completely full. It was you know the rest of the seats that were uh, noticeably uh, bare. Well, and here's my thing, Connor, and this is where I get pissed off. All I heard, and you heard as well, probably more than me because you're at the games from last year, was there's no good home games. There's no good non-conference home games. You expect us to go to these games. That's why I don't get season tickets, blah, 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 whatever. So now they give you a good home game, and you don't go. And this is why Ohio State isn't going to schedule home and homes. There's no advantage. There's going to be an advantage for Texas A&M next year when Ohio State has to go play them there because that's a very good crowd. It's a very good home environment. For Texas A&M, and I know, and there's half the people listening to me say this are going to say, "Well, that's because Texas A&M is a, is top 15. Okay, congratulations, you're a fair weather fan. I don't care. Go to the game. Ohio State, notoriously, even if they're not competing for national championship, this is still outside of last year a team that is notoriously going to the tournament and winning 20 games. Go to the games and support them and watch them. I don't. I'm a Browns fan, brother. You can't tell me nothing about teams winning. I watched my team go one and thirty-one for two years. I watched every single game. Some people might call me an idiot for that. Some people might say I have no life or no friends. They'd be right. I still did it. You know, I'm getting off topic. Anyway, I'm just yeah, saying. Fewer, <laughs> fewer people at the game. The, the amount of people at the game was not my main takeaway by any stretch of the imagination. No, but I'm just but, saying, like you can't you know, complain about them I not see... having home games and then not go. That's I've definitely I'm seen people. I have definitely seen people say, you know, the tickets are too expensive to to go watch Ohio State play basketball. Ohio State is, you know, generally a good team, a good program, but not fantastic. The amount of money they're charging to go watch the basketball game, way too much. And then I'll see people online saying, you know, oh, the tickets you could get into this game for seven dollars. That just shows you how shitty this team is. I'm like, yo. People Pick are one. pissed off that the ticket. People are pissed off. The tickets are too cheap. People are pissed off. The tickets are too expensive. Like yeah. I just, just mad. You know, I don't typically expect people to like pack it in. I don't expect them to get sixteen thousand people in the seats every single game. But in my mind, I thought like this game, the home Purdue game, and the home Michigan game. I thought like those potentially could be like close to sellouts. But I guess. Maybe with the AM game, if people are still in football mode, maybe people didn't even realize that basketball was playing. That probably means that they don't care about basketball that much if they didn't realize they're playing. But I digress. Little disappointed in the crowd. Definitely was not a, a home court advantage. But if we're being honest, the shot and scene center is only a real home court advantage, maybe like once or twice a year. Yeah, and, and look, I get I get it, right? You do want the program to be better. A lot of fans were, you know, were fans through the Thad Mata era where they were you know, playing these top 10 games. I get all that. But the way you help a program get better, the way you help, you know, do your part as a fan, I'm doing this in quotes. Uh, obviously, this is a podcast, but I'm doing that in quotes. Like, go to the game. Be loud. Help, you know, home home court advantage. I don't think there's any sport in America that has – I say America because, you know, you watch some soccer events overseas and it's insane. But in America, I think the best home court advantage sport is college basketball. Because you're so close. I agree. I mean, you look yeah, at, I agree. The, the game are crazy. Like, I think in the NFL, I think it's absolutely irrelevant. I think in the NBA, kind of. I think college football, for real. I think baseball, maybe. Just maybe in Philly. But anyway, I digress. But I think college basketball, if there is a for sure advantage. You've seen Purdue. You Like, we're in the Big Ten. You've seen Michigan State. You've seen these schools. And I know Purdue and Michigan State are be- have been better programs. I get all that. But what I'm saying is that's how you can go do your part. Be loud, help, you know, help your team get. Oh, yeah. You know, get, You're literally get past that hurdle. The students, the students are sitting within like you That's can. So if, you, if, the, if you're in the front row of the student section at Ohio State, if you sneeze, you might get the other head coach sick. Like that is how close you are. I almost got punched in the face by Bruno Fernando when I was a senior because I was so close to him that he could hear me. And the other coaches had to turn him around and sit him down because what did he was say? looking like he. He fouled out, and as he was walking back to the to the to the bench, we were doing the left, right, left, right, and it was oh, kind of like fucking with him. He didn't want to. He didn't want to step as we were step like telling him to step. So then when he got back to the seat, I was like sitting right right behind the empty seat he was gonna sit on, and I just kind of like I like used my hand and like tapped the seat, and I said, "Right here, big boy, we got a spot for you right here." And he just <laughs> stood there. 
And he just stood there and stared at me. I mean, like, again, close enough that if you sneeze, you're sneezing out. Like, that's how close you are. And the coaches just kind of turn around like, all right, man, just come on, sit down. I'm like, man, if this man punches me, I definitely am going to need, like, reconstructive surgery on my face. But he also is going to be suspended for, like, the rest of the season. Um, Yeah, you can't be hitting fans. That is how close the students are in most student sections to the visiting bench. Like, you are that close that, like, Bruno Fernando really wanted to go home because we were being really obnoxious because we are that close. And as long as you're not touching them or like yelling profanity in their ears, like you typically can get away with most stuff and that will have an impact. For sure. Yeah. The left, right. Cause there's nothing they can do. What are they going to stop walking? Like, yeah, they they look weird. Like, yeah, no, it's, that's a good one. Yeah. He wasn't happy with that. Um, anyway, Back to the AM game. We have avoided talking about the actual um, gameplay that happened against AM. I do not think that Ohio State played terribly. I don't think that they played great. I also don't think the Texas AM played great. I think um, the, the difference, the bottom line, the difference is that AM rebounds the basketball. Their guards, who aren't huge, rebound the basketball. Um, AM takes lower percentage looks. Um, but they do it, and as soon as the ball is up, all five guys, including the shooter, are attacking the rim. And they are looking for offensive rebounds. They're looking for putbacks. And they just absolutely bullied Ohio State on the glass. Um, I thought Ohio State pretty much outshot AM from start to finish. There were some lulls in the Ohio State offense. The first half completely was a lull for the Texas AM offense. But I thought from start to finish, Ohio State was like the better offensive team, but AM just got so many second chance opportunities because they were just bullying Ohio State on the glass. And it was such a big difference that like I think that was the difference. Yeah, the, the three takeaways I had from watching the game was one, the, absolutely the same as you, the rebounding was was an issue. Uh I, I put in the preview Henry Coleman could be a problem. Henry Coleman was a problem. Um the second one was there cannot be a game this season against any type of quality team where Jameson battles in foul trouble. Um, they just losing him to be able to stretch the floor, to be able to shoot the ball. You know, there's lulls in that second half where all you wanted to see was a, a Jameson battle three, and he just wasn't even on the floor for some of it. Um, that Jameson battle is going to be, I think, the key to this entire team. And then there were times where the offense, and this happens, um, just got they got way too Bruce Thornton reliant they just kind of all set they just let Bruce Thornton kind of ISO out or whatever the case may be kind of the ball got stagnant they stopped moving it and they just got Bruce Thornton shot the ball 20 times I don't love that I I know he's your best player he's probably not your best offensive player I think Jamison Battle probably still is but um 20 times and he was eight for 20 it's not the most efficient um you know he shot I think he was what was he from deep like two for eight or something two for nine do you have the stats for yeah he was I do. I have uh, two for eight from three. So yeah, he was, so, so he was what, seven, seven of 12 from inside the line. Yeah, so that's good. Um, I don't think the free throws are a problem. I mean, they missed seven. A&M also missed seven. They just got to the line. I, think, I just think that yeah, I, those those numbers eh. can even out. They they shot they shot 80% against Oakland, 24 for 30. Um, they just didn't shoot it. I don't know. I got to see. That's just – there's been one game they shot it well, one game they shot it poor. They so missed, I just need to, I they need to see more some, to know. They missed some timely free throws. They though. did. They I think did miss timely free throws. Second which, half, I think which, which Akpara missed. I think Akpara missed the front end of a one and one. I I believe. Um, yeah, he, he did. I don't have the I don't have the total play that play in front of me. I just have the stats. I know. I think he missed the front of a one and one. I think Scotty missed the front of a one and one. I believe Zed Zed had a dunk that I think put them up like two or three. And the free throw would have made it three or four. He, he missed that. And after, yeah, it was after a uh, commercial too. So oh, they missed some time. They missed some timely free throws. Um, I think that you know that needs to be that needs to be better. And they also just they didn't get they didn't get to the line as much as A and M did. Right. I mean, they, they got fouled, to the line. They, they got to they the line a lot. The, they got to the line half the amount of times they did against Oakland. Now, obviously, the Oakland game was close, so they got to the line at the end of games. You know more end of the game more, but yeah, they got to line 30 times against Oakland, just 17 against AM. So 
And with as many dribble drive guys as they have, you know, Roddy Gale is going to attack the paint. Bruce Thornton is going to attack. Uh, Scotty Milton's going to attack. Devin Royal, if he, you know, hasn't really taken much of an offensive role, but if he is, he's going to attack. They need to be into the line more. But plus big guys like Zed Key and Nakpara. Um, 10 blocks. That's good. Yeah, uh, I think Devin Royal had Devin Royal had like three blocks in like seven minutes or something. But um, I honestly four. think I honestly think that their their biggest flaw in this game was the rebounding and the rebounding. I don't think the rebounding is just well. I know it's not it's not just like an effort. It's not solely effort. It's not like Ohio State just didn't want the rebounds as badly as A and M. There's more that goes into it. Um, it was pointed out after the game by Chris Holtman. Um, it was, it wasn't really an excuse. It was basically saying, oh, we stunk at this other area, which drug over to this. He basically was saying that neither Bruce nor Roddy could guard Wade Taylor or Tyrese Radford one-on-one like Tyrese Radford and Wade Taylor, especially in the second half. Um, you know, Bruce and Roddy could not guard them one-on-one. Those two guards just took them one-on-one and said, I'm better than you. And if you don't get some help. I'm going to keep scoring on you. And that's what they did. So then Ohio state, you bring a help defender over. Like, so say Roddy jumps over to help Bruce. The guard takes a shot. That's a bad shot. The rebound comes off, but Hey, now there's only three guys from Ohio state that are in a, in a position to rebound basketball because you had to pull a help defender over to help Bruce or to help Roddy and vice versa. So their inability to guard A&M's guards made it harder for them to rebound when A&M is looking for that offensive rebound. You've only got three guys there looking for the rebound. I hope that makes sense because that's what Holtman said after the game. And it, it makes, it makes a lot sense, of sense to me. And it wasn't, it wasn't like he was saying, well, you know, we were doing this, so we just couldn't get like, he was saying like, we didn't guard the ball well enough. And that leaks over to rebounding. Now, Tyrese Radford and Wade Taylor are probably one yeah. of the best backcourts they're going to see all year. So 100%. you can say you can say like these guys stink guarding the ball. And after what we just saw, that is okay because they stunk in that game. But also, those are really good guards. Like right. I don't think they're gonna stink like that every game. This that was high level stuff from Radford and, and I hope not. That's high level stuff from Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford. So yeah, they, they kind of stunk guarding the ball, but that's one of the better backcourts they're gonna see all year long. I'm comfortable saying it's the best backcourt they'll see all year long. And that's why it's the same argument. And this argument didn't exactly like hold water throughout the year, but it's the same argument. I think I was kind of making and some people, other people making after the Duke game last year where Ohio state just got obliterated because of Duke's height. And we were like, you're not going to see that height again though. So that's where it's like, you don't have to have the huge like takeaway from it of like, Oh, they're going to suck throughout the whole year with this. Well, Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford. I think you, I, I think, I think I could talk myself into this, that they're top five backcourt in the country. Can I talk myself into that? Maybe top 10? Top, uh, 10, for sure. top, top 10, probably. Top, top eight and a half. We'll do that. We'll split in half or something. Oh, seven and a half would be half of that. But so I think they're they're really good. And the biggest thing is they have ten, they have nine years of college experience in front of them. While Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale have four, you know, this is a, they're both sophomores. Ohio State this year, this was brought up to me, and I actually forgot this. Ohio State is the eighth youngest team in college basketball. So, you know, so like, that, that is not something that I think I'm going to let creep into the narrative this year. I'm not going to let it creep in there this year. I'll let it creep in there for this game because I do think you saw Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford make experienced plays that Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale, and I'm not saying they didn't make, but I don't know. I It's just I'm, like, I'm gonna, they just look way more comfortable yeah. down the stretch. They just really did. I got to I got to push. I'm not going to use it for it in back, February. Like, in February, yeah. it's like, but I, right now, I'm okay saying. I won't push back on it like you're wrong because it, like those two guards, one is a fifth year. I think Radford's a fifth year. Yeah, and Wade Taylor is, I think, is I think Wade Taylor's a senior, like a fourth-year guy. Yeah. Um, I have to verify that. He's at least a junior, but he might – I'm pretty sure he's a senior. They are older than Roddy and, and Bruce, and you can say those two guys are more experienced than them. However, as the season goes on, nobody – like. Even I don't think anybody that is in the interview room in the media room, I think is is probably going to allow that to be an answer this year is we are a young team because that was the answer last year when they were really bad. It was, Hey, we're letting these guys cut their teeth. We kind of threw them into the water, sink or swim. 
And all we've heard now is, oh, you know, that year helped them out. That year should help them tremendously. So I don't think that this year, I don't think that they're going to be able to use youth as an excuse for anything moving forward, even if they are statistically the youngest team or the eighth youngest team, because they've got what four, four sophomores and four, four, they've got four sophomores and four freshmen on the roster. So eight of your 13 scholarships are guys that are freshmen or sophomores. I just don't think it can be an excuse this year because it was the excuse last year. Um, it was, but also this team is younger than last year's team. Last year's team was weird because they had a ton of experience. They didn't have any experience. Still, to, yeah. They didn't have any experience together. It was all like Sean McNeil's a fifth year transfer. Isaac Likely's a four, you know senior transfer. Um, who was the other one? Tanner Holden was a fourth year guy. They were transfer. They just had no experience right. together. And I do think just real quick, Bruce Thornton. I agree. Bruce Thornton started every game last year. You know he got he kind of went through that teeth grinding stuff. We saw it in January got out of it in February and was probably playing his best ball towards the end of the year. So he like went through those peaks and valleys. Roddy Gale hasn't. He, I mean, he still only averaged 15 minutes a game last year. And that was with playing 30 to 35 at the end of the season when he was actually starting. I think we're going to see some Roddy Gale just up and downs because he didn't play like throughout January, February, Roddy Gale didn't play that much. He, we're, he wasn't starting at all. Obviously towards the end of the year, when the injury to Bryce Sensible happened and stuff, he started starting and was playing 35 minutes a game, but that was really just the big 10 champ, the big 10 tournament. He started, and he started the last, he did start the last 11 games, including the four right. in Indy, because that's, uh, uh, there was a, there was basically a point where it was like, there's no, there is no reason to start Sean McNeil anymore. Yeah. This is a lost season starting Sean McNeil while Roddy rides the bench just it's doesn't help this program at all. Right when you you told Zed Key to go get surgery because the season was pretty much lost, um, you know, get healthy for next year, stuff like that. But I just I do think with Roddy, you know, again, starting 11 games in a whole season isn't is, you know, it's less than 40 percent. I do think that he's going to go through a little bit of those peaks and valleys just early on as he becomes comfortable being. I mean, last year, what was he, the eighth guy turning into the second or third option? That's a, that's a big jump. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I just it stinks that they're younger than. I mean, the facts are that they were they're younger now than they were last year. Except that being young this year isn't going to be an excuse because last yeah, year they're in a very weird spot. If you think about it, they really are. Because last year they had freshmen who had never played college basketball that were being relied on very heavily, and this year they have sophomores who played you know the final eleven twelve games all together which there aren't very many teams in the country that you're going to find that started, you know, three freshmen, their final 10 to 15 games together. Um, so they have more experience collectively, I think, than a lot of sophomores do. And you just can't use youth as an excuse back-to-back years. It's just not going to be accepted. Um, but I guess we're, we've kind of really just like beaten the dead horse on this point. Um, A&M has old players, experienced players. I did not expect them to win this game. Um, I think you did the preview and did you, I think you picked them to win by three maybe, but like that kind of seemed like I'm writing the preview. You like. It was, a, it was a home, it was a home. It was a, it was a chalk game to me and I gave them the edge because it was at home. To be honest, I expected more of an atmosphere. So, but to me, it was so, chalk. to me, it was chalk. I don't think that. I, Julius, I don't if think Julius is, Marble would have played, I would have predicted AM to win. I do want to point that out. I don't know what's going on with him. Put it in the preview. He's just not with the team for undisclosed reason. If he would have, and also if Julius Marble would have played, they probably would have won by more. But uh, I would have picked AM. So I do put that out there. That's not a game that I really expected them to win. I don't think that a lot, a lot of people were either on the fence, like, eh, I don't know, or they were like, no, they're going to lose. So I don't think that losing to a top 15 team should, like, shock many people change your expectations that much um but it's important to identify that there are some areas that clearly have to be better rebounding has to be better and that the basis of that of rebounding better is going to be you know they have to be able to guard man on man without help all the time um or else you're gonna like like what happened AM is going to keep happening we have to bring help defender over you have fewer numbers to get the rebound and, uh, you know, that's what happened. They just got bullied. I thought that Ohio State shot the ball. They didn't shoot threes for shit. Um, neither did A&M. Yeah, neither team had a three in the second half. It was not a um, clinic. It was not a clinic from behind the line. I see. Like, how did they shoot? I, for the whole game, 
they were 42%, which is like not great, but not, that's not, that's, that's fine. It's not great. Um, yeah, from three though, they were four of 19. So, and A&M was three of 18. So that's, are they, you know, is Ohio state a bad shooting team? I don't think so. I think they're going to have Jameson battle, Bruce Thornton, and I think probably Scotty Middleton are going to be guys that are going to shoot at least like 35 to 40% from three, maybe Roddy, but I think he's like, Oh, for seven to start the year. So I would, maybe I'm not going to put him in that group, but I don't think that they're going to be a bad shooting team. They have been bad so far, but I think through two games, it's a little too soon to make the, uh, like to make the conclusion that like this team has no shooters. I mean, um, yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So uh, it's just through two games, it's difficult to make conclusions. Like, okay, the conclusion is this team has no shooters. The conclusion is that, you know, Roddy and and Bruce can't guard the, cannot guard the ball. Well, when you put them up against one of the best backcourts they're going to see all year, it's, it is going to be tough to guard the ball. So a little quick to make full conclusions, but there are some areas that they got to clean up a little bit. And it starts, um, it starts on Wednesday, which is when this episode should drop a day early against the Merrimack Warriors out of the Northeast Conference. Um, not going to spend a whole lot of time on Merrimack, but it is a fun non-conference um, matchup. Merrimack won the Northeast Conference last year, but they had that clause where they were still recently jumped from D2 to D1, so they couldn't play in the tournament. So then Fairly Dickinson, who came in second, I believe, in the NEC, yeah. got to go to the tournament. And then... Things happen. And then things happen. So that is the Merrimack team that they're playing on Wednesday. But it's a lot different. Um, I don't know how much you have to add about Merrimack, but they have lost their top three scores off of a team that really wasn't good offensively last year. Yeah, it makes it tough. Uh, it definitely makes it tough. Um, yeah, this, think- is, this is yeah, this is one of those games where it's like work on the things that you struggled with, you know, and just get more comfortable doing those things. Um, to your shooting point, I think Roddy Gale is such an interesting one to talk about because, like, he shot the ball for most of the year poorly from three. Then he just got red hot in the Big Ten cha- tournament and made, like, what was it, like 11 straight threes or whatever he was in the tournament? He had, like, nine for 11 or so, 10 for 12. I think he I think he missed his first. Missed and then hit. And then, last. And then, yes, then he hit nine in a row and then missed his last. <laughs> So, and then, but then now to start this season, he's been struggling. So it's like, I have no idea what he is shooting the ball. Uh, it seems to be pretty streaky, but uh, hopefully those streaks get going here soon uh, in the good way. So, um, yeah, I mean, you get Merrimack and then you get Western on Sunday. Those are both kind of get right games. 
just, you know, work on what you need to work on, work on, you know, work on your rebounding, work on your all ball defense, work on these things, work on some of your sets to get James and battle better looks. I don't know. Is Taysom Chapman considered a shooter? He's more of a slasher, right? Um, I'm honestly not sure. So I don't know if he's really going to provide that when he gets back. Uh, did you see him in warmups at all? What can you report from, from the ground there? Um, just that he was doing all the warmups everybody else was. I, I I didn't pay super close attention to like is he hitting threes in warm ups or not because I don't really yeah I don't really put his, much stock into that. Yeah, no, I just meant his health. Yeah, um, he does the same warm that everybody else does. Layup lines, threes. I don't know if he's dunking or not. He probably is dunking. Um, after they beat Oakland and they had they post the video where they're in the locker room like dancing and stuff and singing. He was like jumping up and down in the pile. So like, um. I would say, like, at this point, he's probably game to game. Like, if on Wednesday they say, like, yep, he's playing tonight, then, like, it, it's probably game to game at this point. Like, any day now, he probably is going to play because he's doing the full warm-ups. Obviously, he can jump around and stuff on his knee if he was in the locker room clowning around. Um, but I don't – he is the he is the member of that recruiting class that I know the least about, honestly, because yeah, it was late. The, the recruitment happened so fast after – George Washington decommitted, um, which is kind of why I laugh a little bit. I chuckle when like people that cover college basketball or cover Ohio State basketball are like, you know, Taysom Chapman is the guy that I've been paying and not keeping a close eye on for a while now because I've loved his game. I'm like, man, nobody knew about his game. Like nobody knew anything about him. He committed less, like there was never even like a, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? Like with, no, with Devin Royal. Yeah. With like with like Devin Royal and like Scotty, there was like months in advance where you're like, okay, like Ohio State is like is like zooming in on this guy, like they have a real chance. Like Jason Chapman just kind of happened, and so I don't know a ton about his game. I don't know if he's a great shooter. Um, I, like I I can't answer a ton of questions about him. He was the highest rated recruit of those four, though. Yeah, I think that's why people say it is like. You lost George Washington, who kind of ended up falling in some of the rankings, and you added Taysen. He's like the mysterious one. You know, you don't know a lot about him, but you like what you've seen. And he's like, I mean, he was ranked 33rd in 247 sports, like their composite. Um, was I mean, Scotty Milton was 60th. So, like, he was ranked way higher than Scotty. Scotty was yeah, really like- highly ranked on, like, I think on three had Scotty super high, but maybe ESPN did actually. But um, I'm not about to like I'm not going to call anybody out and be like, you don't know. You don't know shit about Taysom Chapman. But like, no, I know what you're I, saying. Though. It is funny. to hear, like, like There was never saying. a period of time when like, you know, if you look at the beat writers, like, you know, catching up with, you know, they'll be like, there were so many about Devin Royal. Devin was the big one because he's local. He's so high, like yeah, every week, high Mr. Bass, every, every, stuff. every week you get an article like catching up with Devin Royal on his recent offers, like. You know, how did he do a peach jam? Da, 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 da. Like, there was nothing on Taysom Chapman until he committed. Yeah. So, I don't know. He's a very highly ranked recruit. I mean, um, a lot of, to me, a lot of it, and I'm not comparing the two games or anything like that, but a lot of it's kind of like Bryce Sensabaugh. Sensabaugh came out of nowhere, and they signed him out of Florida at the time. He was a three-star. Nobody really knew because he was injured. Nobody really knew what he was going to become. And then, obviously, you know, became a first-round pick. Kind so of, I'm not saying I've kind of, like that, but that's a similar vibe I get of, like, just – I kind of tempered my expectations with him though, because um, kind of similar to Gene Brown last year, like when you miss the start of the season, when you miss the last few weeks of practice, and then you miss the start of the season, it's it's tough to like jump back into things. Um, I'm wondering like if Taysen Chapman doesn't come back before the Alabama game, which I think is three games from now. It's in yeah. twelve days. As we're recording um, this, yeah, it's 12 days away. I mean, it's on, yeah, it's the day after Thanksgiving. Or no, Alabama is the 24th, actually. So, yes, Alabama is the 24th. So, you know, 10, 11 days away. If he's not back by the Alabama game, I don't think that they would throw him into the Emerald Coast Classic. Like, if he's not back by Western Michigan, then I don't think you would see him until after the Emerald Coast Classic because it's going to be difficult for him to – force himself into that rotation and like pick things up right where the rest of the team is when he hasn't, you know, he hasn't played yet this year. He's never even played in college. At least Gene Brown had like collegiate experience. So I would definitely temper expectations about Tasty Chapman. I definitely have when I think about the team and the rotations, honestly, I kind of think of Tasty Chapman as a non-factor until I see differently. 
Um, yeah. so I just don't, I don't know what level he's going to contribute this season. It, that's a tough time to get a knee surgery. Yeah, for sure. And I do think just the experience of Dale Bonner, you know, they're going to want him out there. He's a really good defender. He needs to bring a little more on offense right now. But other than that, uh, again, I just don't get like, you know, I, it, it just, you know, the people with like the two, you can have concerns, obviously, you know, the day m game, there are legitimate takeaways from that. But like, you know, there are people talking oh, another year, same old, same old, you know, I'm done with this team. It's like, it's been two games. I can't, I don't have any true takeaways from two games. I don't. Talk to me in Dece- on December 20th. I'll have more for you. Yes, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I think the backcourt of Radford and, and Wade Taylor, I've been thinking through it, and I definitely, I think it's the best one in the Big Ten. Like, if they were in the Big Ten, they'd be the best one in the Big Ten. Yeah, at least, at least, an, to, at least to what I've seen from A.J. Hogarth, because it's been bad. I'm right. Season. I'm, I'm a longtime A.J. Hogarth hater. I always have been. You're on the right um, side right now, because it's been bad. I, I've never thought that he's as good as everybody's. Love how just AJ Hogarth is just taking a stray out of nowhere right now. Well, yeah, um, nowhere he stinks. I mean, he needs to be better. That's just, trust like me. I, I Walker is a, I'm very tuned into Michigan State Twitter for some reason. They feel the same way. So like, I think that like A and M is like would be the best backcourt in the Big Ten if they played in the Big Ten, and I don't think that's like a stretch at all. Because as you were talking, I was oh, thinking, no. and I'm like, I'm like, no, they're better. Those two are better than Hogarth and Walker. I'm like, they're definitely better than. Than lawyer and <laughs> like, they're better than the lawyer and Braden Smith. Yeah, literally the only one that I could think of, I'm like eh, maybe, is Jameer Young and uh, Deshaun uh, Harris Smith in Maryland. Like by the end of the year, that duo might be really, really good. Yeah, but right now, no. but right now, no, the A and M's duo is better. So no, no reason to panic. the The panic button isn't even on my desk. The panic button is locked in a safe in a separate room. I threw away the code. Like, I'm nowhere near the panic button. Now you That's lose very the Merrimack or Western in, in this week, we'll go find Then that. I have – yes, yes. <laughs> then I have to buy a new – then I have to buy a new panic button. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Merrimack is – let me find the Ken Palm. I think like 320 or something, which is like really, really, really bad. Yeah. No, you don't want to be 320 out of, what, 330-something? <laughs> Uh, where are where are where are my big beautiful Merrimack Warriors? Where are they at? Merrimack, they're three hundred and eleven, um, out of three hundred and sixty-two. Um, they are, but they are three hundred and thirty-seven in uh, offense. So sounds like me and my graduating class. Yikes! They run another. They run a zone too, so they're also going to throw kind of a funky defense at Ohio State. Um, don't know if Ohio's like it's probably going to be a slow paced game. Don't know if Ohio State's going to like score eighty, going you know, to score eighty points or anything crazy. But I could see something like um, say like seventy to like forty five. Like they just run a normal zone though, right? Not the one through one that they saw from. Not what Oakland runs. No, Holtman said Holtman said a few weeks ago that Merrimack runs a little bit of a different zone as well. Not like a, a typical like two three whatever, but um. I don't think that Ohio State's going to go crazy on offense, but Merrimack, from the statistics so far this year, from Ken Palm metrics, um, really, really bad offense. Yeah. Horrible offense. And Western Michigan is just below them at 322. So Yeah, yeah, we talked about there, there's tiers in the MAC. Uh, I don't think Ohio – I don't want Ohio State to play Kent right now or Toledo or any of those teams. They can play Western. <laughs> we'll be, they, they can play Western. Um, last thing on the Buckeyes before we move on to, um, real quick, talk about the Gavit games, talk about St. Well or St. John's update. Um, I think since last time we recorded, Jaden Quinton's cut his list to Kentucky and Missouri. Um, <laughs> he did that quick. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he was like four schools and like two days later it was two schools. Yeah, um, I don't really know what the point of cutting it to four and then two was 48 hours later. He's like, but- you got. You got you guys got forty eight hours to put your bids in. How big is the bag? Um, yeah. yeah, but that's. I think that was a really um, like it's a situation where you don't currently you don't have space for him. But if he committed to Ohio State, you figure it out. Um, remember when we talked to Chris Holtman in was it July or August? We talked to him, and um, remember I asked him. I asked him literally that specific situation. I was like, "Do you recruit?" with the numbers in mind. Like what I yeah. wanted to know was like, do you recruit with the assumption 
that you're going to lose somebody via transfer? Because we asked Jake Dealer that too, and Dealer wouldn't give us a straight answer. But Chris Holman literally told us, and if you want to listen to it, go back to August. There's the episode, though. He said he, he will always assume there's going to be some kind of movement via transfer. Like, right now, Ohio State is only going to lose two guys to graduation, and they already have two recruits lined up, committed. So if Jaden Clintons would have joined, then you're assuming somebody transfers. So I just think that's a noteworthy that, like, you know, we ask the hard-hitting questions here, psych. But that in particular, that was a good, I thought that was a good question because I wanted to know, like I wanted the head coach to tell us, do you recruit the numbers a little bit higher? Cause you're assuming people are going to transfer. And he said, yeah, yeah, I do. I'm going to assume somebody's going to leave. And that's what would have happened. But Hey, now Jaden Quaintance is probably going to be a Missouri tiger. And they've got two incoming freshmen for their two graduating spots and any transfer would open spots up for, I'm sorry, any outgoing transfers would then open up spots for incoming ones. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see like, like, because uh, signing day was a couple of days ago and people were kind of shitting on the class and it's like, well, they, you always say they have no shooters. They brought in what high school experts are calling the best shooter in the class. And they also brought in Colin white who can shoot the ball at a pretty good, at a, I wouldn't say a high level, but a good level from what I've seen from him. Um, so they did bring in two shooters and also they just brought in a class of five guys and they just brought in another class of four guys. That's nine for my people paying attention. Uh, you're never going to have classes back to back to back unless you're Kentucky that you just lose all your freshmen every year. You're going to have a smaller class, not to mention as we've been singing from the rooftops and I've seen people really start to catch on not because of us, but just because it's getting closer that 2025 class could be real special. So. This 2024 class, you just fill a couple holes, get Junie Mobley, the shooter, and get Colin White, you know, guy with some high upside in. You should still have most of your team from last year. And then 2025 is when you go try to get your Darren Petersons, your Jerry Easters, you know, your top 30 guys in the country. So, um, I, you know, Jaden Quaidness would have been great to add to this class, but I don't, you know, they're not going to add anybody else. They're going to have a two-man class, save a couple spots for a transfer to, to plug a hole, and then, you know, really really dive into the 2025 class and bring them home everything this i tell you what man i'm never gonna get my hopes up because i know what it is but damn it sounds like they got a shot at darren peterson and that would be awesome yeah i haven't seen i haven't seen any updates about darren peterson lately i have definitely seen um michigan state going hard for jerry easter yeah Um, i did see they picked up the pace on that one the weird. wording of that, the wording of that was weird, and I apologize. But um, Tom Izzo was going hard for Jerry Easter. Um, what I meant was Michigan State is putting on the full court press try to get Jerry Easter. I've seen Jerry Easter retweeting a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, like like oh, Michigan State offers Jerry Easter. You know, Izzo and so and so are all in in person to see Jerry Easter. It's like um, how Holman and the staff treats Peterson every time he steps on the court. The entire staff is there. So I guess my, my, I haven't seen, I guess I'm also not like, I don't like scour the internet look like I'm not as like plugged in all over Twitter with Ohio state hoops as you are like of what you see. Um, so I don't know who was like angry at a two man class. My only re- response to that would be the only reason you should be upset about their 2024 class being two guys is if you really don't like Roddy Gale and like Bruce Thornton and Felix Akpar, like, if you don't like those guys, if you think they're not like Big Ten caliber and should be elsewhere, then I think that's fine to complain. But the reason they have a two-man class is because like they are hoping that they have like their foundation for the next three seasons already in place. Mm-hmm. So like they don't need to add another four or five-man class. Tell like, me, man. It, telling you. It's not needed. If, unless you don't like Bruce and Roddy and Felix, if you don't think that Scotty and Devin – um, and Taysom Chapman are going to be good players, then you could be like, yeah, they're not good. We need more better recruits. But like, if you think that is your foundation moving forward, then you don't need more than two recruits. Honestly, you probably could have also just gone with one because you have a, a big rotation sitting there that's going to come back next year. Um, that would be also a anyway hilarious, a hilarious glass half empty take if you're already out on Taysom Chapman, who was a top 30 recruit in the country and hasn't played a game yet. Nah, I've seen, I've seen enough. <laughs> exactly that's why like i don't think that there's like the plan clearly is like hey we expect yes, develop of, of these 
of these like seven or eight of this like seven or eight man group here, we expect to have like at least six or seven of them back next year, like to play bigger expanded roles. So you don't really need a massive class, but um, we are running a little long. So I wanted to run through the Gabbit games mashups because they're pretty much all bangers. Um, give, give give me all the matchups and I'll answer you with a one word reaction because I don't know all of them off the top of my head. Okay. Well, as we're recording right now, this game is already happening. It's Michigan St. John's. Michigan at St. John's, um, which would be at MSG tonight. Uh, electric. I do. I, this, I'm going to add some context to this one, though, of not one word. Um, shout out to Juwan Howard. It's very cool. He's. I know he's in the building. They said he's not coaching, but he's in the building. So it sounds like his recovery is going well. So, you know, good for Jawan Howard. Hope to see him back on the sideline soon. My one more beat would be Italian. Um, Rick Pitino versus that. Phil Martelli. Rick Pitino versus Phil Martelli at MSG in New York. Um, <laughs> in Inarticulate Italian noises with the hand gesture. Um, next one is Xavier Purdue, which is also, um, by the time this ep- episode comes out, it's, this game is going to be over. But it is Xavier at Mackey Monday night. Zach Eady against Zach Fremantle? I'm in. I don't think is Zach Fremantle even playing. I hope so, or else that does that really goes out of the water, doesn't it? Yeah, he's back. Does he, he even play? I was looking at Xavier's stats earlier. He hasn't even played this year, not yet. Why is he hurt? Oh, he did. I think ball. he's always he did hurt. Have, he did have successful. Yeah, he's going to miss start of the season. Oops, I thought that was last. I, I think year. he's. Oh, he did that last year too. What the hell? He's always he's hurt. Not playing. He's always the first hurt. First part of the season. All right, he's so always Zach hurt. against nobody because Jack Nungy uh, graduated. So. Uh, Purdue by uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin at Providence. Uh, the Badgers at the dunk against uh, Kim, Kim English and the Providence Friars. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I we think got that's... number four. Okay. <laughs> he said that 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 is a basketball game. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll happen. I'm sure. Marquette at Illinois. Number four, Marquette at that's 23, fun. Illinois. Is Illinois overrated could, or underrated? Question mark. Um, oh, this is going to be probably your favorite one. Iowa at Creighton, <laughs> ten p.m. Tuesday. I can't say the first word that came to my mind. Um, yeah, he's like white. He's like white. It was white. <laughs> <laughs> it was white. <laughs> um, no, I I think Creighton is one of the top teams in the country. So I hope I I, I don't hope, but I think Creighton is going to blow them out. But I always looked okay to start oh, shit. compared to other Big Ten teams. So, uh, Georgetown at Rutgers. I think Rutgers has to win that game for sure. After they lost to they lost to Princeton, they got to they got to beat Georgetown at home. Yeah, can Rutgers get over the hump of smart basketball teams? Um, because Georgetown's the last two. We got Butler at Michigan State. I believe that's Friday night. Um, Thad Mata's first trip back to Breslin since he was the coach at Ohio State, I believe. So Thad Mata versus Tom Izzo at Breslin Friday night. That'll be a AJ Hogard question mark. Are you ready to go? And then Maryland at Villanova. Um, a little. I don't think I've answered any of these with one word, by the way. So I'm sorry for a little little Northeast showdown in Maryland versus Villanova. If Maryland can't beat Villanova on the road, they'd be one and three this year. Yeah, what the hell, Maryland? Question mark. <laughs> I had them as the third best team of the conference, and they can't win a game. So, good lord. So, I saw a tweet earlier that was like, it was just like when the Gavit games start tonight, and it's just a picture of like fifteen John Fantas all sitting together looking That's, at the camera. <laughs> yes, yeah, the same picture. <laughs> John Fantas is going to be calling literally every single Gavit game, <laughs> and they're all in different. They're all in different cities. Oh my God! God, God bless John Fanta. We are we are currently getting him back on the pod, but friend of the pod, he's the best man. Cleveland guy too. Go Browns! All right, you got anything else for your scram so I can go watch Michigan and uh, St. John's? I don't think so. Uh, Gunnar Henderson just won AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, this is popping up on my TV screen. Uh, so good for him. Um, yeah, I mean. I I'll I'll just talk some Buckeye fans off the ledge real quick. I didn't know I had to do this on November thirteenth. I thought we'd at least wait till January, but calm down. We'll this be all right. I'm not gonna promise it's gonna be all right, but I'll say it's gonna be all right because it's gonna be all right. Yeah, I think that the Big Ten. I'm starting to think the Big Ten might. The Big Ten. I was just say the Big Ten might. The Big Ten might be stinky. 
So, um, and I ask you the same question. The question becomes, does that help Ohio State because they're better than we might yes. think and, and they'll be able to win some games that we weren't expecting, hence Maryland or something? Or is Ohio State a part of that? <laughs> of like we over? No, I, I think it's no, the first I feel one. like, but no, yeah, I think it's like, I think that we have a pretty good grip of what Ohio State is. Does this and not I feel like maybe, 2018 to you? Remember only four Big Ten teams made the tournament? I'm not saying this Ohio State well, is that good. I was just saying, I was just saying, I don't think Ohio State's going to go. Yeah, they're not going to go 15 and three in the Big Ten or whatever, but um, because there's 20 games. But um, good point. I feel like we have had a pretty good grip on what this Ohio State team is going to be, but I think I maybe could have overestimated what some of the other Big Ten teams would be, and it's only through two games, so again, could be completely off. But like, I feel like if you dropped last year's Ohio state team into this year's big 10, maybe they're, they have a better record than they did last year. That's what I mean. I think, I think we have a pretty good grip on how good this Ohio state team is. Whereas maybe you overestimated Michigan state a little bit. Maybe I overestimated Maryland a little bit. Maybe I underestimated Illinois a little bit. Um, I tell so, you who looks and they're playing right now, so we'll see. But Michigan's looked really good, so we'll see. Uh, I think Wisconsin looked good as well against Tennessee. That's a very tough matchup for them. I think Tennessee is the best team in the SEC with A and M kind of hot on their heels. Uh, so I think that was a good showing for Wisconsin. They just didn't hit enough shots down the stretch. But um, yeah, I don't. We'll see. It's uh, it's it's really tough. I mean, we just <laughs> uh, Ant Wright put out his top ten power rankings and. Uh, he has high state at 10 uh, behind Minnesota. So I hope that's inaccurate. <laughs> uh, I guess yeah, like if you're going not, off, if you're going off like strictly how they've looked this season. All right. But uh, I don't know about that one. He, Ant Wright was on a podcast. He was on uh, Mark Titus, Titus podcast last week. Yes. And he, and he said, he said the way Michigan is looking right now, he's like, I think that they have a pretty good chance to be, to get a double buy in the big 10 tournament. So I mean, I guess anything is possible, but um, Michigan was picked to finish like 11th or something in the Big Ten. I, I think Ant Wright is – I think he is drinking the maize and blue Kool-Aid real heavy. Um, yes. I mean, of course, Ant Wright, former you know Michigan player. so <laughs> Right. It, I think he yeah, actually he, does do a pretty good job, though, staying fairly unbiased, especially with his he, – he kind of trolls like college football stuff, but like college basketball, he tends to be pretty unbiased. But um, – you know, I like his content, but uh, yeah, I did see that, and I was yeah, like, I, I mean, I hope it's yeah. wrong. Yeah, he was on he was on Titus's podcast. I was following along, I was listening, and I was like, okay, like everything checks out. But then when he said, yeah, I think they could be, I think there's a real good chance they could get a double buy. I was like, okay, that, that's, as, I, I guess, sure. As the crow flies, though, right now, Mark M- Monday, November thirteenth, seven oh seven, they're beating St. John's. So we'll see if that holds. That'd be a good win for them. Although St. John's hasn't looked amazing this year, so. Yeah, I got that St. John's Villanova-Purdue parlay I got to get to. All right. Um, Thank you for listening. If you have lasted all the way to this point, we appreciate you listening. We hope that you've had a great first week of the college basketball season. Um, If you found us on Land Grant Holy Land, make sure to also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music and podcasts so that you can get notified when our episodes, as well as all of the other podcasts in the Land Grant Podcast Network are released. we are putting out, not us, just us, but the entire Land Grant Podcast Network. It's like two to three podcast episodes a day. Like yeah. The content machine is absolutely rolling right now. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously football is in the prime time. So you'll get all the football content plus our basketball content plus Thomas Costello's uh, women basketball, women's basketball content. Obviously, the women's basketball team, very talented, very good. He does the best job covering them on the beat. I don't think it's close, honestly. Um so you get all that content as well. Uh, we have him on our pod all the time, and it's fun to talk to him. Uh, you can follow me at Justin underscore Golba. I think it's underscore. Uh, if you want to follow the the Bucketheads account and watch me get make people mad for taking tweets too literally, uh, that's at Bucketheads LGPN. And uh, Connor, where are you? Uh, mine is at Lamans underscore Connor. Um, Justin will argue with you. He will entertain you <laughs> if you want to pick a fight. I will not entertain people if they want to just pick a fight with me. I will talk hoops and I will tell you what I'm seeing with my eyeballs. I will not entertain the idiots. But if you want to just have a I'll argument with hoops. somebody, go go argue with Justin because I just 
I would not respond to some of the people that you respond to. But well, Connor, Connor God, is I don't. So that's why. God, ble- God, God bless you for for feeding them, though. It's really fun. All I'm right. All right. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. Yeah.